The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What is that? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome back. It's hour three of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. And you know what hour three means. I have my friend, my man, Casey Bubba, at BDN Trick on the Twitter. Casey, what's going on, man? Not much, my friend. It's just another beautiful uh, weekend upon us for those that keep track of the days that we are living in now. And uh, yeah, it's a good time to talk some more sports to keep our mind off of things. Can you, uh, did you realize that the NBA stopped playing? And I know you're not the biggest basketball guy, but it was only 15 days ago on Saturday here. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's only been that long. Because if you want to compare that, like, yeah, I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but I still pay attention. But yeah, um, spring training was about 12 days ago. They stopped that. We were supposed to have opening day this past Thursday. So I guess it was like 14 or 15 days ago. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, doesn't seem that long. It seems like a long, long time, and it hasn't been. Have you, uh, Welsh and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, and uh, some of the guys in the groupie rooms were talking about it with me as well. It, like, I go to sleep at night, and I get this, like, I forgot to do something. What did I forget to do? And it's setting lineups. Like, I feel like I need to be setting my lineups, and there's obviously no lineups to set right now. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I'm used to getting up at uh, 4 a.m. during the season to record a DFS show, write my DFS content before I go to work. And it it feels weird uh, still sleeping longer than usual for me this time of year because I'm used to just getting up and getting rolling. It's a a little weird. Very, very little is not the right word. It's very weird right now. 4 a.m.? Yeah, dedication homes. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll record <laughs> stuff at 4 a.m., but I ain't going to wake up at 4 a.m. to record anything. I'll see, say but that. See, but see, that's the difference is you go late into the night. Like, I'm asleep by, like, 9.15. So <laughs> it's like we're probably doing the same amount of time frame. We just have a different time that we do these things. Did you uh, – how much of the uh, the Oregon Trail did you watch? I, I feel bad because as a member of the the crew, I've only watched about forty minutes so far. But I'm <laughs> laughing my like I so I'm so mad because like I, I texted you about it that I didn't realize you guys were live. I thought you just sent me the thing that it was like the finished product, and um, I, I wish I would have been there because watching uh, both of your guys, especially Welsh's comments, 
he doesn't know what they're talking about. And I'm just laughing because, you know, one of his talking about the game, which is animals to hunt, but he didn't understand what the guy was talking about. And I just wanted to say things so bad, like, this is why we're going to die. We're all going to die because <laughs> of this. <laughs> uh, it was fun, man. I was... Uh... Oh. And if you want to know what if you want to know what the tongue is, the tongue is the uh, part between the wagon and the animal. I looked it up. I, I I looked it up. I was like, "What is the tongue?" Like when we were done playing, because you can buy on the Oregon Trail, uh, you can buy wagon tongues and wagon wheels and axles and stuff to replace, uh, you know, parts on, on your your you wagon. Flip over in the, when you flip over in the river, you have to replace things. Right, right, exactly. So I was like, "What is the wagon tongue?" I have no idea what that is, and so. Uh, I thought it was like the canvas part uh, of, you know, the top of the the wagon. But it's yeah, it's exactly what you uh, just said. It was that little part between the the ox and um, the um, the ox and the wagon. So I because I, I looked it up, I'm like, well, I probably if I'm going to be playing this more than once. And I don't know if we're going to play it again. I guess there's a zombie one called the Oregon Trail. O-R-G-A-N. So oh, that sounds interesting. Right, right. So we're going to get into that as well but and i was talking about this earlier in the show like i you know the welsh was wholly and completely defeated before we started playing because we tried to do it the first time and it was choppy and terrible and uh just didn't work so we had to reset it and do it a different way and that's why uh like while you can see me in the video i'm staring at my phone most of the time because i had to watch it on my phone instead of him sharing a screen because that bogged everything down so, but we got it right, and I've never seen a shift in anyone's personality go from uh, so mad to so happy playing a game uh, with the Welsh. So, it's the power of whiskey. Of course, of course, it is. It, it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun uh, playing Oregon Trail. If you guys, it was way more fun than I thought. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys want to check it out, you can check out uh, the ITL Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash ITL Army, and uh, there's a little link up there with all of it but uh we left off i believe it was oh my it's it's hard for me to keep my day straight here bubba it was either wednesday or thursday when our our show came out we were talking about this auction draft the um uh 750 saxon special uh auction and we were going through prices and we ran over a bunch of the pictures already and i wanted to kind of go by and i made this sheet up because i'm a madman um of the uh, prices at each position. So let's just start with Catcher here. And Catcher, I don't know if there were too many like fantastic deals or any horrible deal deals here. Because, I mean, I think Real Muto was the highest price Catcher at 19 bucks, right? Yeah, he was the he was the man that that stole the show at nineteen bucks. Uh, he's it kind of just goes with the how he's been the first guy off the board. How some people in two catcher leagues uh, cherish the powerful Rio Muto. So he went for 19 and uh, he was far like the, the next closest was Gary Sanchez at 16. Right. So uh, not wildly priced guys. I mean, you know, those are a little high for catcher, but um, you know, not, not crazy high prices here, but I was wondering, well, let's first talk about regardless of auction. Uh, how, how does your strategy change from uh for catchers in a one catcher league to a two catcher league. Cause for me, I think even in a two catcher league, I'm still waiting. I don't like to spend draft capital or money in an auction on a catcher. So what, what's your strategy like in a one catcher league? I just wait. It's like a kicker or a defense in football. Um, in two catcher leagues, it's two scenarios. If it's a league like this, where it's just one league with one prize pool, I'll sit and wait. 
if it's say TGFBI or you're in an NFBC with an overall title, you need to do very well in every position. So I try to get maybe not the real mutos of the world, but I want at least one or two good catchers. I found myself taking more Gary Sanchez types uh, in leagues like that. But if it's just the format we're going to talk about with this auction, where there's no overall prize, it's just for these guys only. I probably would have punted like some of our other buddies did. And uh, for those of you looking, uh, you wrote up catchers in the black book, didn't you? Yes, the good old black book. I wrote up the catchers and um, how things have changed over all this time. But, uh, yeah, I can go pretty deep at the catcher's position if anybody gets bored and wants to talk about the most fun position in all of fantasy football. <laughs> Baseball. Uh, Baseball. Man, your days are mixed up. My sports are mixed uh, up. It's just a wild ride. We're all getting through it, man. We're, we're all getting through it, that's for sure. But, uh, I, you know, uh, all the other positions I've kind of marked off, the high-priced guys and who I think the best deals are. Uh, I don't know that there are best deals. I just wanted to know what your thoughts on the best combo here of catchers is because when I look through it, I really like team six and I don't know whose name is who. So I'm not, I'm obviously not being biased on whoever this is. Cause what we get on this is just team one through team 15 with no name. So I don't know who's who, but team six, I thought did a really good job with uh, Sean Murphy at six bucks and Yasmani Grandal at nine bucks. I thought those were both, uh, pretty decent buys. Maybe Sean Murphy is going like right in the range where he should. But I thought Grandall for nine bucks was a really good deal, and I really like the pairing of these two. Uh, two guys for fifteen bucks. Whereas you know, who the guy teammate who took Real Muto, you pair him with Jorge Alfaro, who's a good option. Um, but he's three bucks, so you get both those guys for twenty two. And I feel like I'd rather have the combination of Grandall and Murphy. Yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. I'd rather have. That Murphy Grandall combo in a heartbeat, I think uh, it's definitely a much stronger deal. And it, it Grandall came in a discount in this, and it was one one of the tweets I had out there was Grandall and Wilson Contreras both went for nine, Mitch Garver and Salvi Perez each went for ten. So the next tier below the Sanchez Riamutos all went around that same price there. But Grandall, to me, I thought was was better in that group. So I think nine dollars for Grandall with Murphy, who's up and coming and, and showed a lot of power potential last year. That could be a sneaky one-two punch. That's for darn sure. Is that your favorite combo? Is Team Six the Murphy and Grandall, or is there another one that you like? That one stands out a lot. Like it's hard, it's hard to beat that one. But there's two other ones. If you want to go for cheap with a ton of upside, if all things roll the right way, I think the Francisco Mejia, Danny Jansen one, super volatile, but a lot of upside with those two young catchers. And then the other way to look at it, if you want to not break the bank but you just want boring consistency and you got power elsewhere in your lineup. Posey and Molina for five bucks each on the team is like con- as consistent as it's going to come. And you know, Posey's going to play first base also, and Yachty's going to play until he gets hurt. So 10 bucks for those two guys that are going to give you good batting average, which is hard to find at the catcher's position and maybe throw a little bit of power in there. Uh, as long as you built otherwise on your team, I think that could be interesting. Uh, I will say the one that I don't think I liked and once again, don't know who's who, so uh, no, no bias here. But you know, I think paying sixteen bucks for Gary Sanchez and then pairing him with Mike Zanino for a buck. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. mean, I I've been uh, people know that I don't really like Mike Zanino anyway, and it you know became kind of a joke where I would pick anyone over Zanino. LOL, LOL. But yeah. I just thought if you're spending up for Sanchez, probably get a decent another decent catcher to pair with him. So I didn't really care for uh, Sanchez and Zanino, especially when, like, uh, you know, 
Jacob Stallings is going for a buck, and he hit for a decently high average last year. I'd rather have had a couple other $1 options besides Mike Zanino, especially when I paid up for a frontline guy like Gary Sanchez. Yep, I totally agree. I'm, I'm not a Zanino guy at all. And uh, there's there's even guys that didn't get picked here that I would have rather have had over Mike Zanino. So, yeah, there's a lot of cheap options that could have replaced him easily. Yeah, and, you know, Garver for 10 bucks is fine, but – I don't know. I I think I would have wound up with Team 14's catchers. I probably would have wound up with a dollar Stallings and a dollar Gomes and, and just kind of went from there. Because if you're not going to pay up, I, I feel like it's take a guy that you know just can't hurt your team. Either a backup mm-hmm. catcher uh, who's not going to get much time anyway, so if he does suck, he's not playing every day, or a catcher like, like Stallings who... Um, is in a crappy lineup, but hits decently well. Probably not going to do much for you, but he's kind of innocuous. You know what I mean? He can't yep. drag your team down a batting average or anything else. Um, moving over to first base here, Bubba, and I know um, probably the biggest one that you were tweeting about, if I remember correctly, was uh, Cody Bellinger going for 44 bucks, and compared to the rest of the first baseman, seems like a really big overspend, correct? Yeah, this one surprised me a lot. Like, I had no problem with Bellinger. A lot of people are taking him fourth overall in snake drafts behind the Acuna, Trouts, and um, and Yellicks of the group. But those guys are going for – where did they go here? And I don't mean to cut move. you off here, but uh, in the ITL Satellite Leagues, which uh, we're going to take a look at at some point in the near future, uh, I'm trying to put together a sheet for that uh, in this, you know, kind of break that we have. Cody Bellinger was picked number four in every league, all 11. Yeah. He was picked Interesting. number four. So, I, I, yeah, that was really weird to see. So Yeah, and and you look at uh, Trout went for 48, Acuna 50, I believe Yellick went for 40, he went for 46. So Bellinger almost went for Christian Yellick pricing. So that was very surprising to me. I would have loved to have seen the back and forth there because I, I know who Team 2 is, but I'm going to keep it a mystery for you to kind of keep this as you, <laughs> you, you uh, keep it even keel. But when I, I tell you who it is, you're going to laugh. Um, but 44, this is one of his guys and he wanted to make sure he left with them. And I really would love to talk to him and ask him why he wanted to spend that much for him. And that's the beauty of auctions. It allows you to get your guys. So that's yeah. took. Yeah, even if you're overpaying, you get your guys for sure. But, uh, like you mentioned, Bellinger 44, probably an overspend, especially when Freddie Freeman goes for 11 bucks left at $33, right? Big time. You can get you know, Freeman for 33 and then he dropped down even more. Like, I'm not a Pete Alonzo guy, but, you know, you got Alonzo at 27, Matt Olson at 24. And then you get a bunch of first basemen dropping down into the teams and below that I probably would have rather spent that extra money on, say, some front-end pitching or spread it out because you're going to notice in that roster some of those $1 guys and $2 guys he's having to buy – you could have done a few things differently to maybe I'm not gonna say balance things out. Like look at his catchers, Isaiah Kenner Falefa for one buck. Yeah. Is he gonna play at all? Uh, well, that's one of those guys, right? If you can't get a starter, get someone innocuous that's never gonna play. So he can't drag your average down and stuff like that. So no, I'm with you though, but because if you save if you know, if you save that eleven dollars, right? And mm-hmm. you take it off of uh, Bellinger and you bought Freeman instead, and of course hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course, uh, but you could then have you could then afford both of these catchers as Sean Murphy and Yasmani Grandal for uh, fifteen bucks. So yep. um, you know because he spent three anyway. So I I think I'd much rather go uh, that way. But like I said, and I don't know. This doesn't show us when 
these guys went off the board. We're just looking by position. This one was early. This one was very early. Okay, so that makes more sense then. You know, and those guys being priced up a little bit more and Belger being kind of the consensus number four pick and going a little bit after him. But there were some good buys uh, at first base as well. I, I liked uh, Christian Walker at five bucks. I thought Big Carlos time. Santana at 13 was a good deal. E5 at 12 was a pretty good one. Cron at six and Miggy. Uh, for a buck after he was looking real good in spring training. I thought those were all good buys. Were there any other ones on the list that uh, that you liked? I love Cron for six bucks. If you want to take the gamble on Mancini at eight and hope he recovers, I think that's a phenomenal gamble. When we talk, you know, different guys we talked about last episode, uh, potential injury gambles, I think that's a good one for eight bucks. And then you just look at other ones. If you're looking for dollar plays, you know, Jesus Aguilar for a dollar, if he, he pans out, Renato Nunez for two bucks are some that I really liked. But uh, there, there was a lot of good values at first base once the big guys went off off the board. Joey Votto for a dollar. And that's a starter on Team 9 here. Um, yep. You know, because he went CI with Suarez, which makes sense. I mean, he got Suarez for a great deal, and we'll get to third base in a little bit here. But Joey Votto for a buck as a starter. Uh, I love the deal, but that is dicey to be playing him every day, isn't Very it? Very dicey. Very dicey, and it was funny. Uh, team fourteen, I was watching it play out, and he went and got Howie Kendrick for a buck. That was originally his starter, and then he got Christian Walker a few picks later. He almost left the draft table with Howie Kendrick as his starting first baseman. Well, you know, you and I, um, I, I almost, uh, I know for for one part of the offseason, I felt obligated to take Howie Kendrick. Um, and I know you probably did for a little bit too, because he did have the big blow that knocked the Dodgers out of the playoffs. So yes, he's a big fan, big Howie fan. Of course, have to celebrate that stuff. And I'm not the biggest Adam Eaton guy. Uh, the dude was just always banged up when he played for the D, uh, the D backs. And then when I was drafting him, when he was on the White Sox or any other team <laughs> and all that stuff, always hurt. The second I give up on him, uh, he's leading off for the national scoring a thousand runs. And, uh, you know, uh, just playing really well, winning himself a World Series ring. So, uh, so, so that's the key. You have to give up on Stanton, and we can all have fun with him. Oh well, too bad, everyone. Uh, I'm not doing it. I refuse. <laughs> Stanton is mine every draft. Uh, but uh, we got to hit a break here. We come back. We're gonna get more of these positions. We got a second, short, third, and outfield still to go. Uh, tons left here. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the Sports Grid. <laughs> Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table. 
with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old... In this league. Talk about www.w.com, you may just go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. We're back. It's In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bach, and I'm here with my friend, KC Bubba, at BDMtrick, on the Twitter. KC, plug all your stuff and things. All the stuff and things benched with Bubba is the flagship, as we talk about. Go check that out if you guys want to give a rate and review. I appreciate it. But um, other than that, we had four episodes this past week, some fun stuff uh, mixed in for the second straight week, uh, talking some baseball movies with Ben Palmer. We're going to do some more of that as the weeks go on, just to kind of pass the time with not all the fantasy stuff. Yeah, So go check that out. Always good, uh, fun discussions over there, usually baseball-related. And then um, I have Around the Base with Bubba and Mo. We had STL Cup of Joe on previewing the Cardinals this last week. If you want to hear some deep stuff on the Cardinals, I highly recommend listening to that. There's some stuff I had no idea existed, like Ponce de Leon had to pay his own money to go driveline because the Cardinals wouldn't support him. Ooh. So go check out stuff like that. Yeah, it got deep real quick, real, real quick. And it was supposed to be a, a whole NL Central preview. It was a 55-minute Cardinals talk. It got good. <laughs> um, so it was well worth it. So check that out. Go check out the Fantasy Black Book, like we mentioned last segment. As uh, draft season keeps getting prolonged, get ready for your drafts. And uh, just check me out on Twitter, at BDNTrick. You'll find everything there. Before we go back to the to the baseball real quick, uh, Welsh and I were talking about a little bit earlier uh, the NFL draft being pushed back after all 32 GMs unanimously said that they wanted the NFL draft pushed back a little bit. Goodell nixed that and said no. I mean, I don't necessarily blame Goodell, Um as much as I, I would with other things, and I said that a little bit earlier, because it's just like, well, you know, what are we going to push back two weeks? It's still going to have to happen. You know what I mean? Um, yep. And I don't think you're going to get those medical checks within those two weeks. But I kind of understand the GMs just wanting to prolong it a- as much as they possibly can. You know what I mean? So what yeah. what were your thoughts on them potentially moving it? Were you for moving it? Or are you just kind of like, give me some news somewhere? Because our one saving grace over the last uh, two weeks, like we just mentioned, was NFL free agency was so much fun. It was so much fun. And I thought it was – I was good with the moving it. Like, I understood the, the, the GM's point of it. I thought it was funny that the GM's uh, – Goodell's basically their walking puppet, and he does whatever they want because they pay his bills. 
And the one time they finally stand up to him, he basically says no. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, uh, you know, your little two-year-old telling you, nope, not going to do it. Not going to happen. <laughs> so um, it, it was interesting. But I understand both sides of it. NFL wants to keep in the new cycle and uh, and go from there. So I appreciate it. I hope they – I heard uh, Scheffler's – I think it was Schechter's idea. If they want to do one round every day for seven days, I'd be in. Oh, Stretch it oh out. Oh my God, love that! Yeah, I thought that was genius. Do one a day, basically three hours a day. Like stretch out the picks, give everybody oh, like prime man. time, three hours a day. Let's rock and roll. That's dangerous though, because I live stream for the entire draft. So yes, um, well, I'm already doing so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I told you off air. I like. I think I'm working more now than I ever have been because people just need to consume content. You know what I mean? Whether it's uh, sports related or not. I mean, obviously. Uh, we saw, I think, YouTube the other day uh, move the um, move the quality down a little bit to save some bandwidth, and Netflix just crashed the other day. So yeah, it's people tough. are it's tough in the streets. They want stuff to do. Uh, let's move to second base here on these auction prices, and uh, there were a couple high ones here. I mean, uh, I think here, uh, if I looked at everything right, cost the most at second base. Nope, Ozzy Albies, 27. Ozzy Albies, you're okay. I missed that one. Ozzy Albies was 27. Hero was 26. Uh, Gleyber Torres was 25. And Altuve at 24. Now, those are high prices for second baseman, but I don't know that they're overspends comparative to uh, some of the first baseman, plus second base being uh, somewhat shallow this season. Um, I think these prices are actually okay for the upper tier. Are, are you with me on that, or do you think they're a little bit too high still? I think they're great for the upper tier because it's like you said, it's such a shallow position that after you get out, out of the main guys, it's kind of a few guys in the middle and then you're just kind of punting. And the cool thing about an auction is you can literally go in with your game plan going, I'm spending like two bucks at second base and just living with it. And you already know that going into it. And that's cool because there's going to be a lot of options for cheap. But if you want a talented guy, it's one way to differentiate yourself because maybe the depth at shortstop, you can punt there and still get a better shortstop for that price then at second base, it's part of your roster construction. So I think there's a lot to be said about spending up at second base, maybe not to this level, maybe the next year down like a Moustakis or something. But I, I was happy to see that Ozzy Albies was the highest-priced guy because I have Albies ahead of Torres. I'm, I, I keep wanting to move Hira up. I'm a big fan. Starting to believe more of what Hira did is actually pretty legit. There's going to be regression. You know, you can't have like an over 400 Babbitt all the time. Yeah. The hard contact was through the roof. I get all that stuff. But even if you regress a little, the dude is a beast. Like, he's really, really – he's a polished hitter. You look back, and the Welsh can attest, and you guys have probably talked about it. You look at his college days, he was a great pure hitter. Right. There was never a question about that. It was always his defense, and that's what held him up. If he could have DH'd out the gate, he might have went straight to the pros or very little time in the minors. The hit tool was never an issue. So I'm buying into that, and I was really happy to see Glaber Torres fall down because I'm an anti-Glaber guy this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, to peel the curtain back, I have Torres as my number one. Now, he, most people do. He was losing a little bit of luster. I feel like with all the injuries that, that the Yankees were having, of course. But uh, you take a guy last season who put up the, the sheer power numbers that he did uh, and you put him, you know, hitting three and you wedge him between Judge and Stanton in Yankee Stadium. I just it's too much upside for me to ignore. So, uh, and I still, I'm still going to have him as number one specifically now, because 
you know, it seems like whenever the season should start, should it be middle of May, early June, even push back to July, that Stanton, like Stanton has said that he's going to be good to go. Um, he would have been good to go if they were running spring training games right now, or, you know, as of today, it would have been regular season games, of course, but, um, he would be good to go if the season started today. Judge a little bit uh, has to be pushed a little bit back, even though they just did the CT scan and only found uh, you know minimal improvement on his rib. It's still he's got a long he's got a long time to go before he has to ramp it up anyway. So I'm I'm kind of with it as far as um, as far as Torres being number one still. What is it about him that um, has you pushing back on his ranking? It's one of those that people are going to really go like, what the F, Bubba? When I say that um, I, I believe Keston here is legit and, they, you know, there's going to be some regression. Torres, his, his you know, outlier numbers, like his stat cast numbers are just so, so large. And the X stats kind of bring some things back. Um, you look at his, his opposite field ability. I did a deeper dive in him. Is made for Yankee Stadium, so maybe that doesn't change. But, you know, just a little shift in that, that could that could alter things. If he goes more towards center than right field, that could change things. His home run to fly ball, especially home run to outfield fly ball, was through the roof last year, like over 30%. Tough to sustain those things, especially if the ball comes back to normal. So just uh, like some minor things. It's more of a – I believe that Ozzie Albies can still take another step. I believe Keston here is a better pure hitter than, than a Glaber Torres, stuff like that, where – I think if Glaber scuffles a little bit, it's a huge drop off compared to some of these other guys. Yeah, and you know, look, uh, Glaber at the end of the year in September, October hit two thirty seven. His batting average dropped thirty one points from two ninety two mm-hmm. to two sixty one from the first half to the second half. But I think yep. this is what makes uh, second base the shallowest position because you're, you know, there are arguments for many players to be at the top of the second base rankings. There's yep. no solidified guy. So that, you know, gets a little bit dicey, which is also why you don't see um, anyone go for more than 30 bucks here is because mm-hmm. all of these players are a little bit dicey. To be honest, I think of the higher price guys, the best deal is probably John VR at 22 bucks, right? It is interesting. And this is one of the things why I love auctions over. If if you want to like look at the goods of the auctions over snakes, I'm not drafting Jonathan VR in almost any drafts where he's going based on his ADP, but $22 in an auction is a great price. Like yeah. that has upside for steals and, and the other things you're looking at where he, he becomes more of a reasonable player to me, uh, like $3 more than Rio Muto. I'll take the, uh, the VR production. Now there are some deals that I really, really liked here. And uh, one of them that was kind of borderline, I'll just mention him first because he was almost free. But I like, you know, I'm not a Garrett Hampson guy, but two bucks I thought was a mm-hmm. smoking deal for a guy with all kinds of upside potential. Are you with me on Hampson? I'm not a Hampson guy either for that potential. Yes, I'm just so worried that the Rockies really rock you this one. They already said McMahon's <laughs> the stuff. They already said McMahon's the go-to guy with his situation. You have Hillier there. It's just like, where's Hampson going to play? Now, if Arenado finally gets traded, it's tremendous for Hampson. Ne- uh, you never go full Rockies. Is that what you're saying? Never go full so. Rocky. Ben Stiller would tell you, don't go full Rockies. <laughs> now, uh, that's Robert Downey Jr., by the way, who would tell you never go full Rockies. But uh, Yeah, but ben, Stiller went, ben Stiller went full Rockies. Yes, he did. Yeah, and then <laughs> the head movies made his eyes rain. 
Uh, we all exactly. know that. Um, now, the, my favorite deals, and I've got three here, and it's going to be tough to rank these, Bubba, but I'm going to ask you to do that. So we got Eduardo Escobar from My Diamondbacks at 9 bucks. He's the most expensive one. Uh, Colton Wong at 6 bucks, and Gavin Lux at 6 bucks. So uh, I don't know where you stand as far as these guys go, but all of these guys for a very, very cheap price, I, I love, love, love these deals in this auction. Uh, how would you rank those guys? I would go Colton Wong, especially with the uh, leadoff potential where he was towards the end of spring. They're saying he's going to be the leadoff guy. That elevates him tremendously. Good OBP guy. We saw him flash the speed. If you're looking for cheap steals, Colton Wong is one of the great cheap steals options. Late in the snake draft or relatively cheap, especially at a shallow position. And this is his – he paired up Wong with VR. Like he locked up some steals in a big, big way. So that's a nice way to build your roster. Then number two, I go at Ordo Escobar. I'm, uh, I'm kind of hesitant on him hitting as many home runs this year. But he's still a very good average hitter. He still gets you 20 to 25 homers and contribute in most categories. So I have Escobar. I want to have Lux up there higher. I really, really like Lux. I like him a lot. If I knew he was going to play 90% of the time, I'd have him above both these guys. We just don't know where he's going to play. And he's also projected to hit towards the bottom of the batting order, which really dings him up. Like when Colton Wong originally was hitting seventh or eighth, I was really hesitant to take a Colton Wong. But Colton Wong leading off is, is huge. So I got Wong, Escobar, Lux out of those three. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lux is projected, at least uh, with roster resource, to uh, not only hit eight, but also split time at second with Chris Taylor. So, yeah, it's uh, rough. That's rough. I understand that that is that is a bad draw, of course. But, you know, that's a lefty-righty platoon, and Lux being the lefty um, yes. is going to get way more games. And. I think it's one of those things where we talked about this with John Anderson a little bit, Bubba, on uh, I believe that was Wednesday uh, on this show where, you know, it's going to be the wins are going to count more depending more and more and more the more games that are cut off of the schedule. So right now the plan is with MLB talking to be between, you know, 140 and 150. That's that's the games they want to do, you know, shortening up the days off, closing the gaps there, maybe playing double headers once or twice a week as well. A lot of teams are going to see go to six-man rotations. But if this gets down to 120 games or something of that nature, I think you're going to see teams – um, quit screwing around with the young players, put them higher in the lineup and depend on them a little bit more because each win means that much more. So I think if that's a scenario, Lux could move up, but I still, I still like buying him for six bucks, even as a platoon player. I think that's a good price, which let, makes let me, Wong and Escobar even better deals. So I think I, you ordered I them correctly. So I agree with that. And I want to just give you a counter argument for Lux. Cause again, I want to preface, I think Lux is the best hitter out of these three guys. I'm yes. just worried about the playing time because Things with the, the Dodgers, for one, they can always move Muncie to second, put like Bellinger at first, and if Pollock starts hitting or something, they have so many outfielders, that could be another problem. The second thing, I agree that the young players should get to go ahead right out the gate. We're going to see that with pitchers like Nate Pearson and Spencer Howard and others. The other problem is if they struggle right away, could they be quicker to get the hook to get out of the way because they need to compete right away? Very That's much the so. question. Very That's much the so. only counter. And I want to, again, preface, I think Lux is the best of the three. I think this kid's career is huge. And by 2021, he might be one of the better values we'll see in the entire second base. Now, uh, moving over to shortstops here, Bubba, I thought there were some. I think these are about appropriate buys here. Uh, Turner went for 39, Story 37, Lindor 36, Tatis Jr. at 32, and Bregman at 32. 
But then Bo Bichette went at 29. And I don't know. Uh, may, I know there are Bo Bichette truthers on, for sure. But I see him at 29 bucks uh, with the likes of these other guys. I was just kind of surprised by the price. Were, were you a little bit taken aback as well? Well, two things. Uh, the the first group of guys, I think, were priced great. Uh, Bichette went on Team Cody Bellinger, so this guy likes to spend money for his boys. Um, <laughs> I know this is one of his guys also. I am Team Bo Bichette. I don't know if I would have necessarily gone this high, but in the scenario of the draft, maybe he missed out on some of these other guys in the $30 range, so he wanted Bichette because Bichette's that guy. It might not be this year. I think there's a chance for it. That's why I've been really high on him, but he's been moving up draft boards. He has 20-20 potential, if not better. Like this guy is a great, great hitter. So I can see the reason he does. Like he's a just a younger, but could be equally as talented of like a Francisco Lindor to me. Like he's that good. So I see the reasoning to it. I might have just said, screw it, give me Javi Baez for 27. Something right. like that. I'm a big Baez fan. Albert Thelmonesy with the shortened season and the bad shoulder went up to 28. Not sure I'm 100% on board with that, but I can see the appeal now with the shortened season and full health. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, and I like some of these deals down here as well. Of uh, And it's funny because I feel like we talk about these guys maybe ad nauseum and too much as far as deals go. But Simeon for 15 and Andrus at 9, I was just surprised that in an auction, because there are people honing in and focusing on those guys, that they didn't go for a little bit more. Yeah, Simeon went much cheaper. Simeon went for the same price as Carlos Correa at 15. Uh, so that surprised me. And then Ahmed Rosario went for 14, a dollar cheaper. So it was an interesting grouping right there. Yeah, definitely an interesting group grouping of shortstops. But other than that, I didn't see any uh, egregiously priced guys or amazing deals either. So I feel like shortstops went somewhat appropriately. But we're going to hit a break here. When we come back, we're going to finish this off with third base and outfield. I think we might have talked a little bit of third base in the last episode. I can't remember what other position we covered besides pitchers. But uh, we're going to finish it off when we come back. Stick with us on the Sports Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. 
So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to- In this league. In the dark. Ah, endless love. You guys know it. Uh, you probably hate it at this point uh, because you know that means that the three hours are coming to an end. But it's me, Scott Bogman, it's Casey Bubba. We're talking about the, um, the the auction draft here, the Saxton special, seven hundred fifty bucks. Uh, I mean, way out of our price range, Bubba, but it's a lot of fun to yep. watch other people and critique what they're doing with their money. Right? Always fun thing to yep. do. <laughs> yes, it feels like I'm watching Fox News right now. <laughs> um, but we we covered uh, catcher first, second, and short. So all we have left is third and outfield to cover in this uh, in this auction here. But at third base, I thought there were some really good buys. Now the top end guys, of course, went it, you know for big prices. Uh, we saw Jose Ramirez go for thirty-seven, Arenado go for thirty-five, Rendon go for thirty, Endeavors go for twenty-nine. That made sense. But I felt like there was a nice gap where I would much rather have Vlad at 20 than uh, Devers at 29. Now, are, are you with me on that, or do you think you'd rather uh, buy in on Devers? I'd rather have Vlad for 20. I'm 100% with you there. I think Devers is a really, really good bat, and to some that might be a discount because where he's going in drafts, but it's like give me Rendon at 30 or give me Vlad at 20 instead of Devers at 29. It's kind of where I'd be sitting there. Or even – you want to have fun with this one instead of Devers at 29. Give me Yohan Moncada at 24. Yeah, Moncada at 24 was kind of the in-between guy. So I felt like where he's going in drafts and where he went in this auction is almost exactly the same. Are, yep. uh, do you agree with that? 100%. People are uh, pricing them pretty similar. Yeah, so I felt like, and, and for whatever reason, Yohan Moncada uh, has become boring. I think to a lot of people, which is crazy, which, which is, really is crazy. crazy. <laughs> this dude was a former number one overall prospect. Uh, last year he was good. I think because he was good and not great. And people were kind of buying him as a sleeper with tremendous upside, which he, I would say he hit probably 90% of that last year, but he didn't move past a hundred and blow everyone's socks off that uh, he just being kind of, I don't know. He's not really celebrated. I don't think anyone picks Moncada and goes, yes, I got my guy. I think most people pick Moncada and go, all right, I got my third baseman. Yeah, it's it's weird. I'm a big Moncada fan. You know, the hitting this hard hit rate, stat cast numbers are through the roof. Finally hit for average last year. And that, you know, he's not going to hit for 330 or 340, but there's a good chance he can still hit like 310. The kid, he's a really, really good hitter. He's going to run more. He's actually working on that and has talked about it. So you can throw, you know, 10, 15 steals on top of that. That is huge. We know the White Sox will let him run. We've seen Tim Anderson run and other players go. He's going to set the table for all the big boppers they have there in Chicago. I'm a big Moncada fan this year. So, yeah, Devers, I like Devers, but he's you know he's not going to give you five categories. And that Red Sox team is going to be a little doom and gloomy this year with no Mookie Betts. Give me Moncada. 
Now, some of the deals I like here, and there's more than what I just put on the sheet. Obviously, we talked about Vlad. I feel like we might have talked about Suarez at 19 and Donaldson at 18 yes. versus these other guys last week. But I like Sano at 16 bucks. I think especially with all of the StatCast data really, really in his favor. I think that that's a decent buy. Justin Turner went for eight. I thought that was a really good buy. Uh, I kind of like Kingry at 11 as well. Uh, so... I mean, are those kind of your favorite buys here among third basemen? Of course. I mean, I won't bring this up more than just to say it, but Brian Anderson at four bucks is an amazing buy. So, uh, oh, you're you're a Brian Anderson fan? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, I'm being I, sarcastic. I'm, I, being I'm a sarcastic. Brian Anderson guy. Yeah, I know you're being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do enjoy myself a Brian Anderson every once in a while. I'd love to see him not in Miami. If he could be, you know, anywhere else, I would really like him. But uh, Justin Turner for eight bucks might be one of the better deals of the whole auction here, right? Yeah, Turner never gets the love he deserves. The dude, sure, he's not going to play a full season, but hey, we're not having a full season. And um, <laughs> he, he's just a pure hitter. Even if he plays three quarters of a season, he's going to hit you over 300. He's got 20-plus home run upside. He's legit really, really good and never gets that due. I think the Sano play uh, pick is phenomenal. I'm glad you mentioned Scott Kingry. I don't think he gets the proper, like, the it's kind of like the broke Moncada is Kingry. Yeah, like he, because he, he was the high prospect, he hasn't really done it yet. It's like maybe he's a year behind one, year or two behind Moncada, but he does have sneaky power. He has really good speed. He's going to be really, really good. And then I wanted to mention, you know, Tommy Lestella for a buck, if he's leading off for Anaheim, could be a nice value. And people sleep on him because I, I know it's not sexy. But Gio, your shell of only $3, that's going to be the starting third baseman for the Yankees. That is pretty nice. Now, uh, our buddy Joe Pizapia has repeatedly said how much he dislikes Urshela because he never put it together before last season. Because he likes Miguel Andujar. And Andujar is still there. Right, of course. But I'm with you on Urshela for 3 bucks. I, I didn't bring him up because he's kind of dicey as far as opinions go. But uh, I like Urshela for 3 bucks. Um I'm I'm not doing cartwheels about it or anything, but I've I think I bought Urshel in a couple spots, uh, and Anduar is the guy that has been moving positions. You know they've tried him out at first, they've tried him out in the outfield as well. So I think that you know all of that lends credence to well Urshel is going to play, and well uh, it's because Anduar can't play defense. Right, yeah, Anduar cannot. You know he's not a very good third baseman, that's for sure. But I think most guys can play first. You know. Um, you know, I don't think it's as hard as, uh, you know, Brad Pitt and Ron Washington were making it Moneyball. You know, it's incredibly yeah, easy, hard. easy. Some of the best players play first base. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Scott uh, Hatterberg can do it, guys. Come on. Right, right. I mean, you know, Mark Grace would have you think that it's the hardest position in all of baseball to play. Uh, but he won some gold gloves. He was just really good. Mark Grace probably could have played third easy. And trust uh, me, Mark Grace was in a lot of hard positions in Wrigleyville, too, so don't worry about it. Exactly. Uh, he had a lot of DYs as well. Uh, outfield, <laughs> uh, Acuna going for 50 bucks, Trout for 48 Yelich for 46 Betts for 41 Soto for 39 and Harper for $37. Uh, I think if you're ranking those buys, who is your one and who is your last? Because I think this is also standard. I would probably put Acuna at one and Harper as the worst deal. Yeah, Harper, I, I think Harper's going to have a much better year this year than last year, but that's a little too steep for me for the Harper world. I'm a huge Acuna fan, so I love that. But if you just look at this grouping, and if you think you know they all play at their 90th percentile or things kind of fluctuate a little bit, 
that Juan Soto price could be pretty sneaky nice because he could put up numbers like a Yellick or even an Acuna if all things click. If Acuna maybe doesn't steal as many bases, Soto can hit for average. He can hit for power. He can drive in runs. Uh, so I think that price tag on Soto, if you missed out on the big three, is a very nice price tag. Yeah, I, I like the Soto buy too. I think that's a pretty decent one. But those top three guys all going within $4 of each other makes sense. And then yep. Betts is usually pick five or six in most drafts. Uh, he's usually five after Bellinger or six after Cole. Would you rather have Bellinger at 44 or Betts at 41? Betts at 41. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, you have you have to have five outfielders in this league as well. So uh, it just it just lends credence to all that stuff. I know first base is a little bit more shallow, but with buys like, you know, Christian Walker at five and even like, you know, uh, Carlos Santana at 13, I would rather take those with, and pair them with Betts then go the other way around. But there are yep. some great buys here um, as well. The decent buys, I thought, as far as not reaching for those top-end guys and still getting a good guy for a little bit less of a price, we had Starling Martego for 30, Meadows at 26, Blackman at 24, Eloy at 22, and Ozuna at 21. I like uh, all those deals as far as I think that that is right where they should be going. And sometimes you're not going to win every single uh, draft you know, every auction buy that you have. You're not going to win them. A lot of them you're going to lose, uh, mm -hmm. but you just have to spend up and save somewhere else. So for these ones, I don't know that you're uh, winning, but you're definitely not losing at these buys. I really like Marte at 30 bucks. So I love Marte at 30 bucks. I think that's a phenomenal one. One you can't really be too bummed about. Uh, Nick Castellanos at 23. That's one I like a lot. I think he's, he's going to love playing full-time in Cincinnati. So I can get behind that. I know it's like close to the Blackman's price, but you're kind of paying that new inflation. He's not in Detroit anymore. He's going to flourish. Um, I, I like that that price tag there. And then uh, Franmil Reyes, I thought, you know, 20 bucks. Some might say he's high. I thought he would have went higher. Eloy Jimenez went for 22. Uh, the, the the helium on Franmil has been growing more and more. So I think 20 bucks isn't too bad for, uh, for Reyes. And then also the last one here, I thought it was really interesting. All, all preseason – I compared Tommy Pham and Ramon Laureano. Ramon Laureano being the younger, sexier Tommy Pham. Laureano went for 23. Pham went for 17. That's a, a little bit bigger of a difference than I thought. I mean, that's a, you know, when we look to catchers, that's a pretty damn good catcher versus a dollar guy that just doesn't hurt you. The difference in yep. that price. So uh, these these are the little the little wins you look for in auctions. It's just a different beast than a snake draft. My favorite deals, and the reason why I didn't put Fran Mil Reyes in that is because you know the welsh and i talked the other day about schwarber and reyes and kepler two of my favorites that that that, that would have been a very difficult debate for me right <laughs> well this makes it easy fran mill reyes at 20 or kepler at 10 yeah kepler at 10 is pretty freaking nice <laughs> it's really that might nice. be the best buy I, of the whole thing yeah i, I think. yeah that i think well i think the thing with kepler is there's a lot of um it could be a massive pitfall things don't click right he he pulls the ball so he's like the Didi Gregorius of the outfield. So yeah. if he if, it, if his pull rate drops, it stinks. But he's been doing it year after year. So uh, I think ten bucks for a guy that can hit you thirty homers is pretty pretty nice. And he's gonna score a thousand runs hitting at the top of the yeah. lineup for the Twins. You know, especially adding Josh Donaldson. So I think ten bucks is. Yeah, I think that's my favorite deal of the entire auction here. Uh, my other favorites here, uh, and a lot of them are, not, are guys that you've heard me say their name a bunch, so I apologize for repeating, but uh, Solaire at 18 bucks, especially Solaire at 18 with, and I like Reyes, but I would much rather have Solaire at 18 than Reyes at 20, right? 
Yeah, it's real close. Uh, I, I agree. If Reyes steals bags like he said he's going to and he started to do in spring, maybe it's worth the two bucks. But uh, I'm with you on Slayer. 40 plus homers. I don't think I don't think it was a fluke. Uh, Gallo at 17 bucks. I know he was hurt last year, but I really like that by Stanton at 15 bucks. Who would you rather have between Gallo at 17 and Stanton at 15? And answer wow. carefully because you know who you're on the air with. Yeah, this is a. <laughs> I've been I've been on Team Stanton this offseason, and if he's healthy, like they say, I'll take Stanton. But uh, yeah, that's that's close. Yeah, I mean, both these guys had injury stuff last year. Obviously, Stanton way more than Gallo, but Gallo burned a lot of people. But that average coming up, I I think that everyone agrees that Joey Gallo's average from last season probably not sustainable, right? Because what no. was it? What no. uh, I've just got to double check here. Um, 260 ish, I think 250, 260. And for a big chunk of the year, he was hitting like 280. And yeah. everyone was saying, this ain't going to last. The other shoe's going to drop. And it eventually did. He hit 253 last year. But his yeah. career high before that was 209. So he's Adam Dunn. He's Adam Dunn. Yeah, that's a good comparison. That's a real good comparison. Adam Dunn, uh, hopefully with way more average. So 253 mm -hmm. last year, if he can hit that. And look, uh, all the projection systems have him hitting higher than his career high of 209. You know, the bat has him at 228. Uh, Ari has him at 233 for the ATC. Uh, Steamer has him at 231. Zips has him at 223. So they all got him hitting much higher than his uh, previous average before last season. Uh, Benintendi at 11 is a little bit of a dicey one. A lot of people are yep. wholly and completely out on Benintendi, but I like the risk at 11 bucks. For 11 bucks, it's worth it. You know, they're moving back to the top of the order. Uh, if you look at his numbers last year and the previous year's stat cast wise and otherwise, he was just missing things. He gets back to his 2018 form and then develops more into a, a better hitter. I think there's a lot to like there. Now, these cheap buys, I feel like I could live with an entire yes, outfield there's a, there's a lot of them of cheap buys. Yeah, there's so many. And these are the ones that I pointed out. And you you guys have heard me say a lot of these names repeatedly. So forgive me once again. But Buxton at nine, Reynolds at five, Puig at four bucks, Chu at three, Peralta at three, and Mazzara at two. Of those buys, Bubba, which one is your favorite? Uh, I think the Puig, uh, that one stands out to me a lot. I know he doesn't have a job right now, which is just baffling to me. But, man, if he signs somewhere and you get Puig playing every day for $4, that is, that's Fernando Reyes' $20 territory. Like, you're getting a steal. Now, he still hasn't signed, and he's dicey, dicey, dicey right now because, you know, no one has signed him. But, I mean, we, we pushed pause, like you mentioned, 12 days ago on spring training. And so nothing is happening right now. And I think that's why he's still unsigned. I feel like if none of this had happened and we were, you know, uh, watching opening day, then, you know, he would probably he I feel like he would have been on a team. Uh, should be. Definitely. Uh, do, do you think he's going to sign before they eventually ramp up and start this season? I would hope so. If not, someone will get hurt during the ramp up and he'll get a job like he's he's got to be real close to signing somewhere. Which one of these guys do you look at? We know it's not Puig, but between Buxton, Reynolds, Chu, Peralta, and Mazzara, is there one of them that you look at and you're like, you roll your eyes and go, come on, Bogman, that guy's priced appropriately? Um, no, they're all pretty good. I guess um, Chu at, a, at $3 is awesome. Um, I, I can't really argue with any of them. I'm a big Buxton bounce back guy. Uh, Reynolds, I guess, would be the biggest argument for me out of all of them, but I, I see the appeal. He just doesn't get, he isn't going to bring a lot of power. That's for sure. Yeah, he's definitely not, and the lineup is not good in Pittsburgh. Either. Like I take Chu, I take Chu over Reynolds. 
Yeah, I, I would take Chew over Reynolds as well. So, uh, you know, power speed combo. He's just old. And that's why people yeah. uh, don't like him as far as fantasy baseball circles go. But don't be an ageist, people. Don't that's be an ageist. Right. Don't be an ageist. But that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. That wraps up the three hours of in this league on the sports grid. Remember, you can follow us at Bogman Sports for me on Twitter at Casey Bubba. Go listen to Bench with Bubba. It's one of the best podcasts out there. I promise you, you will not Aww. be. You will not be disappointed if you listen to that. Uh, and check out our stuff. The Welsh and I, at Is It The Welsh for him. We're doing so much on Patreon right now to keep you entertained. It's uh, patreon.com slash army. I've got social distancing with Bogman. We did a trivia night. We're going to well, watch a terrible movie that I have to watch on Monday. Um, and I've got all kinds of uh, AMAs going on as well. we got draft coverage, baseball, everything that you could want over at InThisLeague.com. So check it out, and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.